You are listening to Her Time to Retire, a podcast dedicated to helping women gain the knowledge, confidence, and support they need to achieve financial success and emotional fulfillment when planning for retirement. If you are ready to finally take charge of your financial life, then keep listening. Your hosts are Glenn Price and Jonathan Scott founders of Keystone Financial Resources in Brentwood, Tennessee. Both men specialize in crafting individualized retirement plans for women and have a passion for helping women discover and achieve their retirement goals. Glenn is a husband and father of four who was taught early in life through his relationship with his grandmother how a woman can not only take charge of her own destiny, but also positively influence the lives of her family and friends that surround her. Jonathan, husband and father of three, attributes his own success to the strong women in his life, including his wife Brooke and his mother Suzanne. Both men together want to help more women live out their dreams in retirement. As always, if you have retirement questions, their phone lines are open at 615-661-9554, or you can visit their website to browse information, view upcoming events, or subscribe to the Her Time to Retire weekly newsletter. Just visit www.keystonefinancialresources.com. Now relax and enjoy the conversation. Well, hello, ladies. I want to welcome you to the Her Time to Retire podcast, uh, where Jonathan and I help women learn how to take control of their finances and their destinies. Well, I'm Glenn Price, and I'm going to be your host today. And I'm so excited about our podcast because I've got Athena West uh, with us this morning, and uh, she is just full of energy. You ladies are going to love hearing from her and what she has to say. But before we get into that, let me tell you a little bit about what I know about you, Athena, and then you can tell us a little bit about more about what I don't know. Got it. Uh, Athena is the publisher of Franklin Lifestyle Magazine, and Athena is a former television reporter who has always had a love for writing. She moved to Franklin uh, with her husband and two children back in 2014, and she said it was the best decision that she ever made. She fell in love with Franklin and determined to go from being a new resident to the resident expert as quickly as possible. So it was only natural to blend her love of storytelling with her love of Franklin by joining Lifestyle Publications. She really gets a pleasure from telling the stories of the people, businesses, and events that are happening right here in Franklin. So, Athena, welcome to our podcast today. I'm excited about you being here. Thank you. Won't you tell the ladies just a little bit more about who you are? Well, first of all, you nailed that. I I did not give you that information. I think you just remembered that from us meeting. (laughs) I was like, geez. Yeah, so I did. We moved here because we were looking for a change. We wanted, um, you know, a community that we could grow, that our family could grow in. And yes, I used to be in television. I've got some amazing stories. You know, I bet you do. Man, being in front, I can tell you, you know, how to ice fish on Lake Erie um, and just about big towns and small towns. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, there's a high burnout rate in the television industry. There's a, a saying in television if it bleeds, it leads. Mm-hmm. And I got tired of telling all the bleeding stories. Um, and I wanted to get to the good parts, right? Mm. Um, I loved doing those end of the new ca- newscast stories where um, it's the feel-good stories. So now 
I get to still tell stories, but I get to do all the good stories and I don't have to worry about the, the bleeding part of it. I also decided that I didn't want to be the next Barbara Walters um, <laughs> and, and get into that rat race. So for me, I wanted to find joy again in writing. So well, why Franklin? How did you choose yeah. Franklin? Where did you come from? So we came from Richmond, Virginia. We lived there for 16, 14, 15 years. And um, my husband and I had a little bit of wanderlust. We actually looked at moving out of the country, you know, being expats for a year or two. But um, that's hard to do because <laughs> you need a sponsor. So my husband was coming here. He works in healthcare, so naturally, Nashville, right? Mm-hmm. So he was coming here for one, a contract that he had, and he was coming home more refreshed from a business trip than when he left. Usually from a business trip, you're supposed to be exhausted and you just want to, you know, unpack. But he was like, ah, we got to, you know, uh, this town is pretty cool. And I said, he said, we should really look at Nashville. You're going to love it there. And I said, Nashville, we don't even like country music. Why would I want to go to Nashville? (laughs) He said, no, 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 it's not like that. I mean, it could be like that if you're into that, but it's really just a music city. It's just cohesive. It's got a lot of energy. So we came here on a, you know, a couple's weekend. We checked it out. I had my criteria. I said it has to have good schools, has to be clean, has to be pretty. I had my checklist. He had his ticker list. It had to have a pro football, pro hockey, because we're a hockey family, all these different things, and uh, his, his, what, his um, necessary. So we came down. I kid you not, if anybody knows Franklin, we came on the weekend of the October Pumpkin Fest in downtown oh, Franklin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had no clue that that was the weekend. We just came upon it. And I was like, come on, man. This is like some sort of Hallmark movie, right? We <laughs> land on Pumpkin Fest. And uh, I was like, yeah, let's do it. So um, we put the house up for sale six weeks later. We had a plan in place. Like I had said, we had been looking. We had wanderlust. So we put a plan in place, put the house on the market. It sold six weeks later. And I was like, dang, we got to move to Nashville. So we did. And nobody believed us because they were like, are you going for work? He said, nope, I'm going to work remote. Are you going for family? Nope. Just fell in love. Um, life is short. And we moved here and never, if it didn't fit in the moving truck, it didn't come with us. And that is how we got to Franklin. Well, uh, welcome to Franklin. We're so glad you came. And, you know, one of the things I get from you when we're together, whether it's in person or on the phone, uh-huh. is just the, the energy and the genuineness uh, and your genuine love for this area. Uh, it's my and, identity, and you're man. so excited and, and it's contagious. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, our conversation, our last conversation we had over the phone, I, I went away from that and I thought, you know, when she comes on the podcast, I wrote down living the life you were made to live. Yeah. Because as I listen to your story, it's like, wow, you, you really thought through it. Yep. Uh, but you're living that life and it's, and it, and it's contagious. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, and I wrote down, you know, the right mindset uh, taking ownership of your life. And I believe that everyone, if you asked them that question, yeah. hey, do you really want to live the life you were made to live? They would say, of course I do. But sadly, most most don't. Yeah. Uh, and so why don't we talk about that for a minute? Like, what is it that's blocking uh, the, the, the women out there today, uh, women who find themselves, you know, single, mm-hmm. uh, widowed, divorced, whatever it may be, facing the challenges that sometimes feels like a man's world yeah. uh, in certain areas. But but what is it that's holding them back? 
So I have, you know, it's interesting. I, I meet a lot of people and I get to hear their stories. And I think the common thread, you know, that I find is, you know, they can't believe I did it. I'd be too scared to do, to up and move. I would be too afraid. How did you know what, if it was going to work? So I think the, you know, the, what it all comes down to is fear or anxiety, right? Fear of the unknown, fear of, you know, the what ifs, fear of just not knowing. And that's a human, you know, it's a, it's a a very necessary human emotion or reaction. But for me, I have made an active decision in all of the steps of my life to not let that what if stop me. I have made an active decision, you know, since I was little to, you know, make active decisions, not random, right? There's thought and planning and a lot of, you know, just sort of seeing the different angles of it, but active decisions to take ownership of my life and the direction I want my life to go. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm just sitting here thinking as you're talking, you know, there's a lot of uh, you women out there who, who are doing that very thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like today I want to talk to those who are not, you know, who are not living the life they were made to live. And, uh, and so what would, you, what would you say to these ladies out there that, you know, who maybe they have dreams or they have ideas, but they've, maybe they've, they've, they've given up or they're stuck. They don't know what to do. They're finding themselves in this new situation in their life, for example, scared and, and, and afraid or lonely, like what would you say to them about art? Right, how do you begin to do that? Yeah. So we have a few sayings in our, like I said before, one of my husband's criteria was a pro hockey team. We are a hockey family. Uh, Wayne Gretzky has a very famous quote um, that we literally live by. And it is that you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Mm. Yeah, that, is, so that is how we live our lives. You don't know unless you try. And I am well aware that taking that first step can seem like a huge fall. But if you, you know, if you just take that first step, that allows you to take the next step, which allows you to take the next step. And then at the end in your journey, it's not the anxiety or fear that was there because you're taking ownership of these micro steps, but it's taking that first step and acknowledging, well, first it's acknowledging that you want to make a change, right? Mm -hmm. You can't change what you don't acknowledge, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. When you're ready to acknowledge it, then you can start making a change, whether it's personally, professionally, spiritually, you name it. So you can't change it unless you acknowledge it. If you can acknowledge it, you've made that first step. Now make a hierarchy for yourself, step one, step two, to learn, to take an effort, to take ownership of whatever that piece of your life is. Mm -hmm. You know, as a financial advisor, Jonathan and I working with a lot of women and, uh, you know, we, we, the, unfortunately the, the, the numbers and the statistics for women financially and what happens to them, say like after a divorce, for example, Mm -hmm. uh, is, is not, is not good at all. Uh, and you know, one of the passions that we have is to, is to help women take ownership of that. And, um, I'd love for the audience to be able to hear a little bit about your story, you know, as it relates to money and back when you were a little girl, cause we were talking about that fear mm-hmm. and 
you know, we identify that, but typically we have to peel back. It's like an onion, right? We have Absolutely. to kind of keep digging deeper and finding out where is the root of that fear coming from. And, and you spoke to that so beautifully the other day on the phone about where the root of that fear was for you, like even in how you met your husband and how you decided, you know, yeah. the type of man you were going to marry. Yeah. I just thought that was powerful. Would you mind sharing that? Sure. And I, I said this on the phone too. There's one of my favorite artists. His name is Andy Grammer. And he has a, an album and a song called The Good Parts, right? Mm-hmm. So you're asking, you know, the not just the top layer stuff, but how what happened in the past to help make that those active decisions. Yeah. So I grew up, um, up North and I, you know, total nuclear family, mom, dad, brothers and sisters, but, uh, money was always scarce. Like we were always, you know, we, when I say my family was living paycheck to paycheck, I'm not kidding. Sometimes they didn't have enough paycheck. So, you know, I do have specific memories, uh, one specifically where, you know, um, my parents were talking about, I don't know, the mortgage or whatever the money issue was that month. And and I had a piggy bank and, you know, being 10 years old or whatever, I didn't know anything. So I just got out my piggy bank with my sister and we handed it to our parents and said, I, you know, I don't know if this will help, but Mm. I want to give you this to help pay the bills. Do I fault my, absolutely not. My history has, if I didn't have that history and that moment, that wouldn't have, necessarily pointed my trajectory to where it was but that's just one example I wasn't fearful then I just was trying to help right but I do remember that um I also started working when I was 12 years old I actually started babysitting at 12 by the time I was 14 I was such a popular babysitter that I got asked to go on vacation and be a nanny for other families. So I literally got to experience other families and how they navigate marriage, how they navigate communication, how they navigate finances, because I was living in their homes with them. Mm. So through that, I got to be a literal fly on the wall and see how they navigate, you know, all these things. So I learned. I I just intook information that I learned. And then I said, ah, I, I like that in a relationship. I like that in the way they handle money. I like that in a spouse. I like that vibe. So by the time, and I knew I had to make money because I knew I would have to buy my own car and put myself through college. But I took all that information with me and I filed it in the back of my head. How, what do I want in a spouse? What do I want in what my family life is going to look like? What do I want based on what I observed in what a future would look like with a family? And I filed it away and I made these active decisions. Again, very active. These are not things that are possibilities in a future. These are musts in a future. Must be financially stable. Must not live outside your means. Must have a, you know, um, a relationship with my spouse where there was open communication and we both had the same life goals, right? Mm -hmm. Because love is one thing, but liking a person Mm. is just as important, if not more important, because love can be painful. Mm -hmm. I wanted like, I want to like you. Mm -hmm. Do I like you? And so I made it when my husband and I were dating, like, you know, we weren't afraid to talk about those deep questions. Where do you, what does retirement look like for you? We were only 25. 
But they were important questions because if retirement looked much different to him than it did to me, or, you know, you, all the family, what does family look like for you? We talked about all those things even when we were dating because those were important questions to ask. And that led me to live the life that not necessarily I dreamed of, but that at least we were at least walking similar paths. Yep. And, and today, as a result of that, you know, you said you guys are debt free. Yes. And you don't fight over money. And your no. kids, you've, you've been present with your children. And so I loved uh, what you also said about this transfer uh, to, you know, to your kids. And so for you, mm-hmm. you know, for you listeners out there, whatever situation you find, you currently find yourself in, uh, the, the good thing is that, uh, the, you know, something that I, I, I say, I met this gentleman who his whole body was burned mm-hmm. and he'd went on to be completely successful. Now looking at him, I mean, it was horrific, Sure. but I had a chance to talk with him. And I shared some things with him, and, and he said to me, looked in my eyes, and he says, this is not where it ends. And so for you listeners, as I'm listening to you, thinking you know, wherever you're at, if you're in a hard spot, this is not where it ends. That's not mm-hmm. where it has to end unless, unless you stop. And the other thing that I think about as you're talking, you know, when people make decisions, they, they, start, they spend so much time, and I feel like people get stuck trying to figure out how they're going to do something. But what I just heard you say is you decided— actively. Then you made the commitment. Then the how came. So it's like we get that backwards. The how will come once you decide. And then once in your heart, you commit to whatever that is that you want to do, whether it's finding the right spouse or having the retirement that you want or, you know, whatever that is. Yeah. I don't, I don't believe me. Please don't think that I need to see the end result, right? That happened organically. But I'm at least making active this. I don't know what the end result is going to be. I don't know what's going to, nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow. But for me, I've set as best I can. I have made a decision to learn and educate and, and, you know, use technology to learn so that I can best of my ability set myself up for success, set my family up for success and set my children up for success. Mm. I can't change what happened in the past. I can only, you know, organically maneuver what's happening now. So we're constantly making changes, but these were small steps that got me to where I am today. So Yes. When we first got married, one of our first goals, you know, like I said, was I had a lot of student debt, right? So we worked to pay off that debt. We did not buy at all outside of our means at that time. And we were poor. Please, like, we were poor. We could barely afford a honeymoon. Our honeymoon cost $1,000. That's all we could afford. And we thought, man, we're living large at 1000 bucks, right? That might be more than other people can afford. But for us, that was our threshold. And we made sure since the day we met, we, you know, this day we decided we were going to get married, we merged our and talked about finances. What is, what does your finances look like? What does your finances look like? Right. And we made goals and we decided step by step to make those goals. If you don't have a spouse, then make those goals for yourself, acknowledge where you are, and then set a plan for yourself. You don't have to know where it's going to end. Just acknowledge it and start where you're going to start, even if it's just writing it down. That's a great place to start. It, it, you know, so many folks come in and I'm amazed uh, that, you know, they may be 
five to 10 years away from retirement and they do not have a plan. Mm. You know, I'll ask Jonathan, I will ask them, you know, do you, do you have a financial plan? And they'll say yes, but all they really have is an investment portfolio, but Mm. they don't have a plan. And, you know, we believe that money is just a tool to really improve the quality of your life. And so, you know, people think financial planning is complicated, but it, it's really not. It's, it's really what's happening, what you and I are doing right now. It's a conversation. And sometimes it's very helpful to have somebody asking those questions to, because once you start, when you get on that, once you connect yeah. and uh, you begin to have the courage to dream a little bit, then you begin to, it becomes clear. You start talking it out. And then financial planning is not an exact science. It's like, okay, we start putting it together, but we leave flexibility in because life happens. Murphy shows up, right? And we have to be able to adjust. But the important thing is having a written financial plan that covers every aspect of your life. And the reason you and your husband have, have, are where you are today is because you decided to make a plan. Uh, to make a plan. Yeah. And you committed have, it and you've done it and you've done it together. Yeah. Have we had to change our plans? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. my son had a health crisis a few years ago. Well, that put a wrench in our plan. So we had to, you know, make changes based on that. But, you know, we have made, we have planned enough at this juncture that if life throws a curveball at us, we have as I said, set ourselves up for success, that if there was a job loss, if there was a health crisis, we can do that. Um, for those that are, you know, closer to retirement, it's not too late, right? There are, there are places you can go and people like, you know, there are financial advisors who are literally there to help you just like you guys are. Ask for help. That's the other thing, as I have found, is people are afraid to ask for help because they're afraid of the reaction that they're going to get. What do you mean? You know, you don't have a plan or they just feel, you know, don't, if you're afraid to ask for help, you're doing yourself a disservice because people, as humans, we want to help each other. Mm -hmm. It just comes naturally to be able to say, you know, you know, we all come together when there's crises in the universe or in the country, but people want to help others. It's just an innate desire we have. And there's someone there to help you. You just have to ask. Exactly. Just ask and people will help or they'll point you in the right direction of someone that can help you. Yeah. And, and, you know, you don't have to be, the good news is, is that you don't have to be an economist, you know, to be successful and to to have a, a, a very successful financial plan. It's it's being willing to 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 decide, take action, yep. and ask for help, uh, because most people they don't know what to do, they don't know where to start, and so they don't do they don't do anything. It was like, you yeah. know, I tell a story uh, of you know people, ladies will ask, well, why are two guys, you know, Jonathan and myself, why are we so motivated motivated to help women mm-hmm. with their money, and 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 both of us have a story. For him, it was his mother. Uh, for me, it was my grandmother. You know, when my when my grandfather suddenly passed away, you know, I watched everything change, and and how my grandmother, who was this strong, confident, very decisive woman, uh, become afraid, mm-hmm. uh, indecisive, and very fearful of what the future held. And she told me, she said, you know, we never got around to to really putting a financial plan together and to talk out these ty- types of things. Uh, of, of planning for the unexpected. 
And as a result of that, it, it, it changed the whole dynamic of our family. And yeah. so, you know, when I made the decision over 25 years ago to become an advisor, it was like, you know what? I want to help I families. Help. I just want to help. I want to help families know, hey, the answers are out there. And it's not as hard as you think is it, is it, it's, it's going to be. And it's not as scary. Uh, but that's why it's important to have the right team of people around you. And I can remember you told me, you said you went to a, a, a like a David Bach. Uh, oh, man. We do some stuff so, with David Bach. Man, I'm a David Bach. You know, we were the original. I was the original smart women finish rich. <laughs> and then uh, once we got married, we were the original smart couples finish rich. So, yeah. But but even in that, right, like there was a there was someone who had walked that path and had, you know, a uh, sort of a kind of a layout for us. And we just made it our own. But something I wanted to get back to something you were saying, mm-hmm. you know, about the fear, or, you know, I. I do, you know, I dabble in a lot, right? Like I'm a big TED Talk person. I'm, you know, on on my runs. I don't listen to music. I listen to TED Talks, right? I'm constantly trying to learn something. I'm in a constant mode of learning. And I know, here's what I have heard. And here's what I think I I know, because it resonates with me, is that when something happens that is unexpected, anything, you're either going to go into fight mode, flight mode, or freeze mode. Mm. Okay. So true. Yeah. If you don't, when you go into fight mode, I, my, well, I'll tell you what comes more nat. what I've had to learn to do is to, if something unexpected happens, I go into fight mode. I have taught myself to go into fight mode. So if there's an unexpected financial thing, I'm going to right. that's, I want to drive through it to keep the needle moving forward. Some people go into flight mode where they're just like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. I want to pretend it didn't happen. I just want it to go away. That's flight. Hmm. Some people go into freeze mode so they can't move at all. They are just stuck and stunned. So financials, you know, they're freezing and therefore they make no movement at all because they're stuck where they are. So I, when I talk to people, I will even acknowledge for them, you're freezing right now. You're frozen. Mm. You're frozen. Um, and I, I can say that from, you know, I met another mom who went, whose, son, whose daughter went through the same health crisis as my son. And I, I acknowledged it for her. I said, you know, you're frozen right now in a fight, flight, or in this fight, flight, or freeze situation, you're frozen, aren't you? Because she wasn't doing anything. She didn't know what to do, so she did nothing. And that's the worst thing you can do is do nothing because nothing's going to change. So I have helped guide her. I'm like, what do I have to do to help move that first step forward so we can get the needle moving? Because you've acknowledged you're frozen, and I'm agreeing with you. Mm. Let's do something. Right. But that's... That's okay. That's what's net. That's not okay, but that's what comes naturally to her. And the same thing for finances, right? I'm just going to pretend you're either going to fight and make active decisions, you're going to flight and run away, or you're going to freeze and do nothing. Mm. I want to, I want women to understand, please don't, please fight. Find the people who can be part of your tribe and part of your army to help you fight. Mm. not flight or freeze. So find that army. That, that, is, that is so good. I wrote down 
having the right friends in your life is critical. I mean, what you just described right there is is a, a true friend mm-hmm. that that truly cares about someone to be able to speak truth. And so, you know, if, if who you're hanging around and who's speaking into you, who you're listening to is so important. Absolutely. And so if you find yourself, I know that I, I've, I've, there's times in my life where, uh, you know, uh, my wife and I aren't getting along or, you know, th- just things aren't going really well. There's just some yeah. bad energy yeah, in my life right now. Bad energy. You know, it, it's, <laughs> it, it's like I, I've stopped and realized, you know what, I can tie that back to conversations that I've had with other men mm-hmm. that weren't positive, that weren't, they weren't talking positive about their spouse or they weren't talking positive about this. They weren't talking positive about what's going on in the economy or whatever it is. And then I take that on. Mm-hmm. And and now it's like the filter that I'm looking at life through has really got some dirt in it that has come from the people that I'm choosing to spend my discretionary time with. You wow. know, my, my preacher said, you know, he said, I can tell a lot about your life by looking at two things, your checkbook and your calendar, you know, and, and who are you spending your time with? You know, just like you made a conscious choice, you could listen to music and there's nothing wrong with listening to music. But the fact that you're saying, hey, I'm going to take some time to, because I care about me. That's yeah. the one thing I, I, I get with you. It's like you really, not in a prideful way, in a humble way, you, you care about yourself. And enough that you're willing to make an investment into you. Yeah. And then that comes out. And, uh, and so if, you know, if, if you're in a situation, ladies out there, where you're, you know, you're in that valley. Look around and look at who is beside you, who's with you. And you might have to make some tough choices. I'll tell you this one story. When I was in college, um, I, I was on the wrong road. And my roommate uh, was um, studying for nursing. And so it required a lot of focus and, you know, uh, discipline to study and all that. Well, I was running around, you know, with, my, with other guys. And I remember he walked in my room. And he called me G. He said, G, he said, you know, I love you like a brother. He says, but I hate who you're becoming. Wow. I mean, that was a turning point in my life because one, I but cared about him, that. but he, he did that. To, yeah, to it get changed the whole direction of my life. And here's what was the interesting part. He said, those guys you're running with are not your friends. I said, no, 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 they are. They are. I argued with him. I made a decision to pull away because every Thursday night we went out. And so we were at a, a little restaurant, kind of a, a bar restaurant. Stan and I went. That was my roommate's name. And, and, and guess who walked in? There was always four of us, okay? So there was they, uh, the guys that I was with, I won't mention, almost said their names. I won't mention their names. But when we came in, there was, there was four. Okay. So in other words, they filled my spot. And they never even called to ask where I was. Hey, where are you, man? What's going on? And it was like, that was an aha moment. It was like, okay, why was I choosing to hang with those people? Sure. But I made a conscious decision because a friend loved me enough to, to tell me something. the truth. Exactly. To tell me the truth. Yes. To acknowledge, he saw it through a different lens. He yeah. did. And that's incredible that you actually mentioned that because we didn't talk about this. But the thing that I say to my kids, because I've taught them early, is... The people that you hang around with 
Find people that lift you up and bring out the best in you. Do they bring, a friend is someone who brings you joy. If you have to watch who you are or edit what you say or change what you are feeling when you're around someone, then that's not a friend. You want to find people who accept, move you, bring out the best in you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kids, right? Like teenagers, that's I got two of them, right? It's a constant discussion with them. I'll ask them does this person bring you joy? Do you like being around them? Do you like who you are when you're around them? Do they fill you up, right? Do they fill you up as a person? That's who you need to be around with. I'm giving them the opportunity to um, navigate. I'm trying to teach them to help themselves, Mm -hmm. okay? Instead of telling them you shouldn't hang around that person, I want them to come to that conclusion on their own. Mm. And opposite, that person does lift me up. That person does bring me joy. That person does bring out the best in me. I want them to come to those conclusions on their own. And it's the same thing for me. I actively chose since I was younger to surround myself with people who I could learn from, who lift me up, who bring out the joy in me, and who could be, we could be honest with each other, right? And I'm living that too. I only surround my pe- myself with people who move my needle forward, even at this point. Mm. It's a, again, I come back to this active decision. It was an active decision. And just because you have a history with someone doesn't mean that you have to maintain, you can have a history with someone and, you know, but it doesn't mean you can't keep them at arm's length, right? Mm-hmm. If they're not bringing out the best in you and they're not helping move you forward, then it may be that you need to, you know, meet other people or surround yourself because you will be, you know, find that, find where you want to be because those people will lift you up to where you want to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. They they really will. And, you know, uh, something that just came to my mind, uh, even in my own life is I have found, um, that, because of uh, something called codependence, uh, oh, which yeah. you know I have, I've had a lot of the, in growing up in my family. There, well, that could be a whole other podcast totally. to talk about codependence. <laughs> but but I found that that I've spent so much energy in my life trying to trying okay mm-hmm. to, to 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 keep relationships intact, to keep people in my life, you know and. And going after people who are not, I heard someone say, you know, that you want a for you kind of friend. And I want to be a for you kind of friend. And it's like, he said, you know, the, the buddy of mine, he said, Glenn, he said, you know, you, you've got so much to offer. And he said, so why don't you let go of some of those relationships that you are working so hard to maintain, to maintain, you got a history together, because I got a history together. So that, so that you can be, you know, so that you're going to be in a place to receive, you know, the, 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 the new friends or the new people that may come in your life, yeah. uh, that are in, in the future. Yeah. And, and so, you know, if you ever, I mean, do you see that? Absolutely. Right. Which is why I said, you know, there again, it's all just conscious decisions, right? Mm-hmm. Mm, just sort of self, a lot of self-reflection and, you know, 
it all comes back to just acknowledging. There's just, I got to acknowledge. I can't change what I don't acknowledge, right? And Mm -hmm. so if I acknowledge it, then I can say, all right, so now we know. And making out a plan, right? So, you know, uh, joining clubs, join a club, join a, uh, a new hobby, learn, a, you know, go to a, um, a financial advice meeting, right? Mm-hmm. Find, find your people who are like, ah, oh, yeah, I get you, right? Mm-hmm. Because you just don't get stuck. Don't freeze. Absol- don't get stuck and don't flee. Please Absolutely. don't flee. You know, just if you flee, nothing's going to change. And I just, I, uh, I just never, I, I, when I find those people, I'm going to be like your roommate or your friend and say, right. Cause they may not be able to see from a neutral third party what's going on, but I'll acknowledge it for you mm-hmm. in a nice way. Right. Mm-hmm. When the timing is right. If I feel like they're in a good place, I'm not like, you know, I'm very careful. Right. Being able to read the room, read the, I can read the room and say, yeah, I just want to put this out there for you. How does that feel to you? Mm-hmm. If I notice this, and, you know, just understanding yourself, understanding others and being in a constant mode of learning is going to just just move you forward. Right. Because you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take, man. Absolutely. Well, and I love what you said about building, building your team. And that's the, the that's a theme here that we have at, at Keystone Financial Resources is we have a team. We have a team of people that are. Uh, excellent at their particular role that they that they play on this on this team. team and and so you know it's not just one person it usually as you said build your tribe build your team of, of 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 people that know you that care about you and that can help you design that and so we preach that all the time and that's what we love about what we do here at Keystone is helping families build that build their financial plan but doing it with a team of people who genuinely get to know them and who care about them and who invested in helping them achieve their goals. Well, Athena, thank you so much for oh my gosh, this was being so much here fun. today. Uh, real quick, where can people find you? If they want to learn more about Athena or learn more about what you're doing with the magazine, because it's been phenomenal sure. for us. Oh, well, thank you. I uh, So you can go to City Lifestyle. If you want to see a digital copy, you can go to citylifestyle.com backslash or forward slash Franklin. Citylifestyle.com forward slash Franklin. Um, my email is athena.west at lifestylepubs.com. Um, and my phone number. No, I won't give out my phone number. But I love getting you know, feedback. I love getting story ideas because I live in this community too, right? So I love hearing the story behind the story of everybody that lives here. And even if you need to email me and ask me, you know, some questions about how I, you know, the active choices that I've made, I'm happy to tell those stories because you'll see, you know, that I didn't, I, I, I made these things along the way. And if, even if I just need to be that person for you to acknowledge whether, you know, that first step, I'll help you do that because I've been there and I, I did it and I do it all the time. It's natural to me to just talk and get the story behind the story, which is what I do in the magazine. Yeah. I'm getting the story behind the story. Yep. Right. We're yep. getting to the good part. To the good part. That's right. Yeah. Well, 
Thank you again, Athena. It's, this has been so much fun. Thank you. Uh, would you My come pleasure. back next week? Yes. <laughs> Maybe we'll do part two. Part two. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it'll be coming, ladies, I promise. But thank you all very much and have a wonderful, wonderful day. Bye, ladies. You have been listening to Her Time to Retire with Glenn Price and Jonathan Scott. Glenn and Jonathan would love to talk to you and answer any of your retirement questions. All listeners can take advantage of a free 15-minute consultation with Glenn and Jonathan, whether via a phone call, Zoom meeting, or in person. You can schedule your consultation by calling 615-661-9554 or by visiting our website at www.keystonefinancialresources.com. Thanks for listening. The opinions expressed by Keystone Financial Resources and guests on this podcast are their own and do not reflect the opinions of this station. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to subject covered. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, or BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Keystone Financial Resources are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. 